Thank you. <laughs> what the fuck's going on, Rebels? Thanks for reporting back to the hideout and welcome to episode 18. I'm Rebel host Tyler Soflo, aka, uh, aka what? Brandon, help me out. AKA what? Put, uh, put it closer. Uh, skinny penis. AKA skinny penis. To my left is B Rod Soflo, AKA skinnier penis. <laughs> skinnier penis. Uh, this is the place to come to for a new way to follow the movement. Here we'll be talking about everything and anything in the parkour and freerunning world from content reactions to updates, interviews, reviews, advice, and more. But we do it our way, so keep tuning in to see what that means. Today's task will be about mental fortitude through injuries, or just injuries in general, really. But I think it's mainly mental fortitude, right? Mental fortitude, but yeah. also like recovery process a little bit. So before I introduce you and before I open up the book of truth, as everybody knows watching or listening, uh, what comes when I open it, uh, just uh, tell me how you doing, man. How you doing today? Doing pretty good. You know, living <laughs> life, feeling great, not broken. All good things. Must, must, must be nice. Yeah. yeah. But honestly, you've had your fair share, so I think it's, I think it's enough with you. Yeah, I set off metal detectors. <laughs> Wait, what? Really? Sometimes. Like in the airport? Not in, the, not in the airport. Where? Like the wands. Oh my God, please walk me through that. Is that hap did that happen to you one time? Yeah, it was like the, the first time it ever happened. I was like at a concert and I had a, you know, one or six drinks. Um, <laughs> and uh, we were going in just through security and the guy was like wanting me. Also, it was at a Wu-Tang Clan concert, like the um, right. Ghostface Killer. Yeah. So it's like super intense, like not a lot of people that look like me there. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah, this guy's like wanting me, and I'm just like, you know, standing. Me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it like beeps over my leg. I'm wearing jeans. You can't tell that, like, you know, I don't have like a gun on my ankle. Right. Um, and he just looks at me, and I'm like in tears laughing. It's the funniest thing I'd ever experienced. Really? In this moment. You were. In this moment. <laughs> and he was probably like, why are you laughing? He's like, what is wrong with this guy, and why is he going to stab somebody? <laughs> um, and I look at him, and I just like, I don't even know what to say because I'm just like hysterically laughing. Right. I'm just like, I have a metal leg. <laughs> which quasi accurate not fully accurate not right. what you would expect when someone says they have a metal leg yeah. didn't question it at all it was just like all right go in and that was it yeah i mean like to be fair if he's like lift up your like lift up your jeans and it's like an actual like amputee like metal leg you right i feel like a total asshole so um right skated by yeah. yeah no one's gonna be like you know what this is my lie like <laughs> I'm, gonna, right, right. I'm gonna die on this hill this is what i'm gonna go with yeah yeah no so, pretty good. Well, that's a fantastic introduction to what we're talking about today. <laughs> Honestly, that couldn't have been yeah. any better. Um, as you know, Rebels, I uh, have to open up the Book of Truth, and we know what comes from that. So the Book of Truth has been opened. And here I have the notes for Brandon's topic. Now, before we get into the reasons why Brandon is 100% qualified to give you all of the advice you're about to hear and what he's gone through, we're first going to introduce him as a team member. Brandon is one of the three OGs of SoFlo Movement. So I've, as you guys have heard in probably previous episodes with Tony and I, SoFlo Movement started with the three of us, Brandon, Tony, and myself. Now, we've only had episodes to introduce uh, each member that involved uh, Julian, myself, and Tony. We still have Brandon, Julio, and then Monkey, of course. Now, Monkey's going to be probably the hardest one to get onto this podcast for now. So, Brandon's next. So, obviously, for you guys, we have to introduce him in terms of, like, you know, his origins for parkour, but also how he got into the team. Why is it the original 03? Why is it Tony, uh, him, and myself, and all that stuff? So, the first thing that I want you to tell, well, me and them, whoever you want to look at, um, is how you got into parkour. Well, actually, sorry, no. First, um, just state... You know, your your full name, age, how many years you've been training, all that stuff. Uh, full name, Brandon Rodriguez, B-Rod. That's where that comes from. Age, I am 25, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> what was it? What was the other one? Oh, uh, I've been training for like 10, 10 years. 10 years? 10 years now, yeah. Okay, so now I think um, you can comfortably just go into your origin story. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's extremely easy to just extend the shit out of an origin story. 
So just go through like the really like yeah, yeah. key points and like the major turning points in terms of like why the fuck you even started. Yeah, so I was like um, 2010, so that was like strong YouTube era parkour right. scene. So basically, I, I had done mixed martial arts for you know a pretty vast majority of my life. Started when I was seven. Um, when I was 14, some of the guys that I, at the school that I was uh, training at, they kind of started you know watching parkour videos, and uh, the South Florida community at the time was like there was only like mid-tier athletes there was no beginners it was just like there was this little group that i trained together for already like four years this time and they were pretty good and there was no one else when you got introduced when to parkour got introduced, that was already established it was already established now granted for everyone listening he got into parkour and free running before tony and myself so he saw the florida community well the, the florida south the south florida community uh margate coral springs area yeah yeah that's so that's where i was from but the main like scene like miami free running was already a thing okay. when i first came on the scene right and so this was right when um jump city Se jump city seattle came out that was the show the okay. parkour show um that was on g4 for literally like one season and then died forever <laughs> um so a couple of the guys mainly uh cory sarvis who is on team rogue from jump city seattle was from south florida and it was with him and a couple of uh well one of my friends from the martial arts school and then a couple of the guys uh were like who actually introduced me Okay. To parkour and like i remember the very first time i went out training training it was me basically just like watching these guys flip around i'm like oh my god i want to do this right but um uh cory was sitting on like a very low bar um and just you know i think it's called different things some people call it a ping some people call it i think it's like a quasimodo it's like where oh, you're on sitting on a bar and you like backflip off yeah from with your, your knees, thighs from your thighs yeah. Oh, yeah yeah he just like did this from like a bar that was like yay high and i was like holy shit i gotta I got to learn how to do this. Where did you see that? This was at a small ass park in like Margate, Florida, like middle of nowhere. Um, so all of that, what you said about them and jump Seattle has already been established pre you seeing him, pre do this. me seeing him in person. Now, why did, why were you guys at that park? How, why? It was just, um, my buddy from the martial arts school, like reached out to Corey. I think, I don't really know how they got in touch. Yeah. I think maybe it was like via mutual friend, but yeah. So they had already started training together. My buddy had some experience flipping. I had like, I had some experience like maybe like I could maybe land a Webster like one out of twenty times and dive rolls and dive rolls. Yeah, but I the could. reason why is because you had how many years experience in what type of martial art? Uh, I had let's see at this time I had seven years of experience in uh, hapkido. Hapkido, and you were how old at this point? Fourteen. So fourteen, seven years of experience in hapkido, doing dive rolls and kind of flips based off your martial I could art background. I fall really well. You can, you can fall with still, control. Still checks out. <laughs> Sometimes. And uh, <laughs> that's why we're here. And uh, <laughs> basically, this the the martial arts school just kind of reached out to Corey, and then you guys met up at the park. You saw him do a ping, yeah, and you were like, "That's my next thing." I was like, "I'm in love." And that that was your that was your first. That I didn't even know this first actually. Yeah, yeah, very first experience. Yeah, so I, I kind of was like zero to hundred. I was watching like. Um, you know, I don't even know what the how the words are pronounced because it's all in Russian, like those crazy like Russian videos of people doing like double back layouts from like forty feet onto like right dirt. Those crazy, yeah. And I'm just like, okay, oh, well, I have that, and I have this guy who's like professional athlete, and I know no one who's a beginner. So it was like me. <laughs> it was <laughs> so like these people who are like way over like qualified, and then me who can like jump and roll. And fight so. and fight and grapple. <laughs> you you can do that. I got a mean headbutt. So uh. yeah, <laughs> you're just they're all at the park. You're standing there like I want to join. Be like, what can you do? I got a mean headbutt. <laughs> I was like, you're I, in. I can die roll like ten feet at this time, like already. Yeah. Like um, but that was it. So okay, so that was your exposure, your first exposure to parkour and free running, which mm -hmm. caught your eye and, and got you just completely in love with it. Now, what were your this is still part of the origin story, of course. What were your beginning steps to actually begin practicing? Where was it and what was the first move you did? Yeah, so um, first move I did was uh, a Webster front flip. That still holds, still my favorite flip to this day. Um, I had already started kind of learning in the martial arts school. So I kind of started, uh, we practiced like flipping break falls in the school. So basically it was like, I already had like a front flipping break fall where you can like safely land on your back. Right. And it was basically just doing that until I could get to my feet. Um, in the Hapkido gym. In the gym, yeah. So that was your introduction to start training free running. Yes, and then my first like real experience was Miami Community Jam 2011. 
which was when okay right i think i know the story yo on larue flew out to miami it was all hosted by mfr um back when parkour crusade was a thing in south florida which it's no longer a thing um i forgot about god so long there's so many different things that's been happening in florida parkour crusade Mm -hmm. flpk tom kapala and tallahassee i can keep going yeah there's so many the Um, freaking zoic nation but yeah the primary yeah zoic nation wow that was a yeah so basically this this jam was mfr Miami Free Running, Parkour Crusade, Zoic Nation was there, and FLPK. They're the ones that, like, really, like, came out for it. Everything was – that was all in Florida at the that same time. That was all in Florida at the same time, which and is, like, the OG, OG community. You started parkour on the prime, prime of Florida's, like, Yes, it was, like, when thing, our community yeah. was, like, the biggest before it, like, drastically shrank. Um, so, yeah, I started training then. Um, pretty soon after I started training, it was, like, right before – gymnastics gyms kind of started allowing parkour in them so i had a good like six months of training and then uh, of training you know just like kind of hoping that there was sand around essentially okay um <laughs> so i could fall and you know lessen right. the impact right um but then triple threat gymnastics opened up started training there with a bunch of the guys that we've met all at the community jam which was really cool that was like for the first that kind of encapsulated my first year and then Nova Gymnastics, which ended up kind of being the the hub for everybody, the hub for indoor parkour related things. I was there for probably the next three years. It was until I went to college, essentially, was um, which was in 2013. Was there, so the next two years, um, we're all like training there, and then outside mixing in jams. It was I really stepped up like my outside training to mix in with all the new things that I was able to like really learn at the right at the gymnastics gym. And that's when you're. That's obviously where the origin story kind of stops and takes off into your training and that's yeah yeah so and then it was in 2014 which was the next year it was after i was already in college i was like coming back uh, home for training which is when i really met you um was during this time period hold on because i don't (laughs) think you remember the first time we actually met i I, do i don't yeah i do so (laughs) this was you always tell me i never remember yeah this was uh (laughs) i think this was before you went to college too this was like just before I think you I think you were already a high school grad and you were you're transferring over to uh, Occidental, and uh, I was going to Nova for the first time in 2013. That was my fr- people know this from you know different podcast episodes that Tony and I went over. But essentially the gym the name the names that uh, Brandon just dropped are gyms that were in Davie, Florida that were like the gym hub for all of the groups that you just heard him say at that time in Florida up until 2013. Then things changed. Now, 2013 is when I first started going to Nova. So things were already established by the time I was going. I see this fuck with a lime green Trace Unity shirt. Trace Unity was one of the uh, teams in Coral Springs area. Uh, Yet again, another group in Florida. And he represented them. He was on that team. And he was wearing the lime green shirt that they had. And I'm talking about double Kongs. And I'm behind him. And he's backing up to do a fat one. Didn't even know he was ready to do one, right? And he was just training them in the same area where we had P-bar blocks, which are gymnastics blocks that people use at a gymnastics gym to do parkour moves because there was no parkour gyms at the time. And I was like, yeah, man, like double Kong's my favorite move. And this is this is, this is this fuck. My double Kong's 14 feet. <laughs> and then he takes off and i was like well there goes that guy never saw him for another year do you do you don't remember that do you i think i remember that training day that was like that day was nuts i was wearing was... an orange shirt i was wearing an orange biketoberfest shirt i had gray sweatpants yeah. i was very chubby at the time i was 15 i sophomore. definitely remember seeing you but i remember like that that day i was like i was trying to fly yeah you and then and then he then you left and that that then that that later on that year you i think you left and so anyway that was the first time i saw him and then i didn't see him for a while and then now we're caught up to what he's mentioning which is he was already a college student in california and he would come back to florida for his college breaks which were basically summer winter break and spring break Mm -hmm. and we met i think it was winter right we met winter break because you knew tony through the community that was thriving in nova yeah that i was kind of outside Mm -hmm. of yeah i was already pretty good friends with tony like at this time but not like obviously now but like i already knew him pretty well we had trained like fairly often like at the gym right um i think he just like put me in contact with you before even getting to the gym or maybe i I like saw you i don't remember i don't i actually am starting to it's hard to remember this too because i feel like i was like facebook messaging you yeah beforehand no 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 hold on 
<laughs> so we're basically what we're going into now is this is the next top important in the book is that uh we're going to talk about like the introduction of Brandon into social movement while it's the three of us and this is what we're struggling on right now it was it was it was winter break of 2014 which yeah. is basically the, like the remaining weeks of december essentially tony and brandon already had an established friendship by then and i didn't know brandon that well obviously <laughs> from the first interaction i had with him all i heard him say was i can for i can double conk 14 feet and also then he just for, took off. For clarification there, it was 14 end of the block to the other end of the block. So, so it was like 13 something. No, no. That it was 13? No, it was probably like less than that technically. 12. No, those blocks were like. Let's just put it this way. He turned around and he was like, my dick is huge. And it was then he took like, off. It, it, was like, it was like 10 feet, which is still big, but it's not like. It, it's it's not like two of me laying down in the it's center. It's still, yeah. And yeah. so I think what happened was is that Tony made a chat out of the three of us because we were all like, I told, because at that time. Oh yeah, sorry. You got me. Thanks. The book of truth. At the time, Tony and I were like going ham at training outside because that's when I came back from Spain, just completely mind fucked. And I was looked at Tony. I was like, "Hey, you see all this gym stuff?" He was like, "Yeah." I was like, "This is pussy shit. We need to go outside." And that's already been established for like three months, four months. And I think he caught onto that and he wanted to introduce you. He'd be like, "Yo, you need to train with us outside because yeah. Tyler and I are on some awesome shit." And then that I think that became the Facebook chat. And then we right. trained outside together in my neighborhood. Or in Pembroke Pines somewhere. Oh, well, that was with the three of us. I hadn't right. trained with you. Like, well, I only trained with you one-on-one -on -one at the gym before that. And then, yeah, we were all training together. And I remember, like, this was when freaking Logan Garments was Logan a thing. Garments. Logan Garments. The people that you could pay, and then they would sponsor you. But you'd have to pay them. And then they don't and do anything. And they don't do anything. It's a scam. It's, it's a, a fucking scam. scam. Yeah, so we were, like, there was, like, this competition that like if you got like so many like votes on your video then like they would sponsor you but and, and you had to pay for their clothes to you use. had to pay for their clothes yeah it was basically they would like put you on their instagram which had like like ten thousand followers maybe that's how they that's how they got their clothes to be sold that yeah you but pay it was for like, their clothes yeah to use. literally it was so ridiculous it was a trade-off um, it was so terrible but anyway we were like we wanted to enter like this competition like to to do this well uh um chris bogdansky sure michael morrison and tony did and i did i went in there last minute just because i knew how to produce videos and i wanted to be involved with it so they're like well right. the way you can pitch in your efforts is by editing the video and making it. i was like fine and that's kind of how it happened right and then it was like off of that that we were just like i remember distinctly like walking down the street like in your neighborhood and us being like why don't we just do a youtube channel together okay I remember we went on the rooftop, remember? We did the double Kongs on the vents. My rooftop, the rooftop near yeah, my yeah, parents' yeah. house. We were uh -huh. on there training. And, like, we yeah, were, but I remember talking about it like first like in this – or maybe it was afterwards like in the street. It was afterwards because I remember this. What happened was is that as you guys heard already, we had an established Facebook chat, which was just basically Tony introducing Brandon to me and letting him know that like we've been training outside. We're taking stuff seriously, like no more gym stuff, like for real, for real skis, <laughs> and that Brandon was down. And he started, he was obviously already in uh, South Florida for his winter vacation before he went back up to California. And so he and I and Tony trained outside and we were just basically bringing the camera, just doing what I think the purest form of like having fun with parkour is, which yeah. is going outside, filming jumps and then making an edit. And what I did was I just brought my camera and I just filmed us being us, just three dudes just kind of wanting to do parkour at this point i was being introduced to people who actually gave a shit about parkour because the people that i did parkour in high school with like kind of dropped off and i was like oh wait no these guys have been training for years these guys are legit and then i made a video out of it that was just an edit that i wanted to make and yeah. then you messaged me on facebook and you were like dude your video production uh, like your producing skills are like nuts yeah and then that's when you were like we need to do something about it yeah i was using like um i don't need, oh god i was like using sony vegas at the time like for myself and i was just putting like the default transitions like you know the one where i want to like swirls yeah the swirls like, are like i was like literally like those are my transitions like for my <laughs> videos and i was like and then him like oh my god it was like i mean that was like compared to now is absolute trash it's it's no yeah but <laughs> it's heartfelt if you watch it again it's on my personal yeah it, like yeah you know elicit some emotion but compared to mine if you say his level at the time was like a one out of ten Mine was like a point zero 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 <laughs> one. It, it when you watched it, it blew your mind at the time. Dude, right? I look back and I just cringe the whole time. It's like a full body clench, like yeah. the whole time watching it. It's hard to watch. But at the time, I was like, "Damn!" You were like, "Fuck!" And then that's when the idea inspired about making a channel, but not a team. So right. this is basically right now we're explaining to you the birth of soulful movement within the three of us. We were all three talking through Facebook again, reverting back to that chat that was essentially just supposed to be an introduction to me and Brandon. But we reverted back to that chat later on after I made that video. Mm -hmm. I, I, I produced a video and they all watched it. Like, oh, that was sick. That was fun. You know, like we're just geeking out over the video. And uh, 
And I remember at the time, if you can just tell the people the state of the community at that time in South Florida, this also inspired our team name. So that's why I'm asking you to tell them. Yeah. So, um, cause you saw it thrive in 2011 and then right, compared to right. 2014, what was it like? Yeah. So compared to 2014, it was like, we had like a strong generation that was like my age, like a little bit older than like, so I'm 25, you're 23. Three, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's like a couple of years, like my like generation and a little bit older than me, actually, they had all pretty much everyone had decided that like, this was no longer going to be like a career for them or something that they were going to pursue professionally. So they just kind of either got injured out of the sport, which is funny, or um, just decided that like they weren't going to be able to make money with this. And so they just quit um, or just like moved on, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, so pretty much like four out of five of the of like the teams, the communities that like were at that original like jam in 2011 were dead by 2014 completely gone most people not even still training some people just like singularities here and there but right. pretty much dead everybody and then what was our goal with the youtube channel yeah so the goal was um it was basically just to show that there's still people here right <laughs> kind of at that and not just like people seriously training like we wanted it to really encapsulate like our personalities so yep. we didn't really have I mean, we still hardly have, like, we'll drop maybe one out of every five videos. It's like a serious edit, maybe. Right. Like a like, serious, like, like, a, like, like, they're all good edits. They're all really good edits. But like, as in the tone is like intense and like serious. Most of it's just like. Silly goose time. Dicking off. Yeah. <laughs> dicking off. But our goal with the name, I remember we were coming up with names and I don't remember the other options. Do you remember the other options that we like suggested in the chat? Uh. Uh, not really. I, um, I remember it just came down to SoFlow Movement, S-O-F-L-O, yeah. it's short for South Florida Movement. And the idea behind the channel that Brandon, Tony, and I all came to the consensus was this is a channel meant to unite the missing pieces or the broken pieces of the South Florida community into one. We were trying to unify the yep. broken up community at the time, which is what right. Brandon just described. And we were like, no team name. We're not going to make a team. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. We're just a community. I remember that. Yeah, and that yeah. stuck for a while. Yep. I think after... Our trip to Spain in 2015 is when it switched to eh, maybe we should do a team if we want to get the benefits of one. Right. Yeah, exactly. So before, for a while, yeah, it was just totally community based. We were like, we really don't want to be a team because it was in the past. It was like all these teams that failed. And we also didn't want to like alienate ourselves from the other parts of the community. We didn't want to be like, oh, yeah, we're this like cool team. Yeah, nobody can like, hang with us. We yeah. didn't want that at all. Yeah, we wanted like everyone to be able to train with us all the time. Like, yeah, if you just like came out with us you'd end up on our youtube like that's just kind of how it was and it's still like that now like we yeah. still try to involve everybody as much as we can now and we still continue to it because that has been the goal since day one of what mm -hmm. we just told you so that was the birthplace soulful movement and the three of us and that's why it's the og3 because it started with us and now we're the three business owners of soulful movement incorporated so now with that beautiful storytelling over we can get right into the meat of this right into the bulk of it where people can get the most out of it and just listen to what you have to say and maybe if there's someone going through it right now like me actually with an injury actually two technically um but they're both like very acute but they just accumulate to being annoying like i can't yeah. use my wrist and i can't use my foot but it's not like ah like i'm you know what i mean it's <laughs> fucking weird but anyway for anybody that's uh, might be going through that similar or worse that they can hear what you have to say so before we get into your advice if you want to recap what has happened to you um that gives you this powerful credit to give the advice because you have gone through it and surpassed a lot and you have gained a lot so what has happened over the years yeah so um <laughs> my first <laughs> well you just started yeah out. so uh, yeah uh, so uh, hmm. uh <laughs> yeah uh so in 2015 was my first like major ish like injury which you witnessed firsthand got me on fail army which was pretty lit oh oh yeah yeah um i don't know if i want to pull that up I so we were filming it. uh paint the city which was one of the these like themed videos that like, we have on our youtube channel we, it was like a video series one of the ideas that stemmed from wanting to unify the community or thrive it whatever. yeah and this was number two one. right one it's the first one. Oh god all right right off the start <laughs> nailed it got it um yeah so i was doing this like low uh dive kong Hands slipped off a wall. I was like super sweaty. It's Florida. So it was like 90 degrees outside and I'm dripping sweat because that's what happens. And hand slips off a wall. Wall's only like two feet high. Tried to roll. Couldn't roll in time. Slammed my shoulder into the ground and the side of my head. Concussed myself and separated my shoulder. First major injury. 
Um, well, yeah, that that one. Because that was the first major one. Yeah. I yeah, because I remember you. Your mom was texting you, and she asked you to send a photo of your face, <laughs> and you sent it three different times. It was like the best the thing. Yeah, so I, I literally took a selfie, three different selfies, but like the exact same angle somehow by like a little bit. Uh, she was like, "What happened?" And I'd be like, "This happened. Look at my face." And she'd be like are you okay? And I'll be like, look at my face. <laughs> Say another photo. And then she'd be like, are you okay? And I was like, look at my face. <laughs> oh, no. And she was like, put someone else on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right now. And she, and you, I think she talked to Tony. Yeah, was, she was talking to Tony. And you know, it's crazy too, that video project that you're referring to, uh, it's on our SoFlow Archives channel, which is a channel to represent like our past, well, the way we branded ourselves then. Um, that was in the same time frame that we started SoFlow Movement. Yeah. So our mm. first like, debut project was paint the city and it was within the same time frame that we like told you the story before and then yeah that happened and then next one yeah so that was my my first like major ish injury which required me to like get physical therapy and stuff to like fix myself right. um but the real major two that have happened unfortunately in the last three years the first was breaking my tibia and fibula at the same time at a parkour competition at west this western gym that the one we i worked at to train out regularly so i tried to do a ginger off uh there was a perpendicular bars one was high one was low i was standing on the lower one went to gainer ginger forwards off it i jumped up and not out and tp'd my leg over a bar lots of fun so after that i was supposed to be on crutches for six to eight weeks i um Let's see. So let me back up a little bit here. I got surgery. I had a metal rod put in from the length of my knee to my ankle. I had a plate put on my fibula and I had six screws put in. And that was all to just keep everything together so I could heal. And so after that, I was supposed to be on crutches six to eight weeks. At four weeks, I was like, well, I'm going to walk. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't tell my physical therapist and I had a walking boot. And now, mind you, a lot of you might, listening might be like, wow, that's really reckless. Now it's not because the way that I was supposed to be recovering, everything was internally stabilized from the metal and screws put in. And that's why I didn't have to have a hard cast for like two months. Everything was internally stabilized. So they didn't need to externally stabilize it. Meaning that research has shown that compression from walking, standing, exercising on broken bones that have been internally stabilized now don't do this if you don't have like pins screws plates etc put in compression has shown that it can actually increase blood flow to the injured area and you can actually speed up the healing process so so before committing to speeding up the healing process you did your research somewhat and then i just in talks with like my physical therapist for the first time and also i was just like well i want to do this faster so going into, I'm a very type A person. So when it comes to like being injured and being down, like I basically just lose my mind. I stop being able to sleep. Like if I can't exercise regularly. So my only goal through this whole process, like from the moment I broke my leg, it was more of like a, just a massive inconvenience. It wasn't like a, that's how you viewed it. Yes. It was like, like you can literally like, if you look at my face from the videos of me like lying on the floor and then yeah, getting put in the stretcher. You're like, dude, come it's on. just like I'm supposed to fly home tomorrow. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. Like fly back to Damn LA it. tomorrow. I got an itch. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, uh, yeah, just like from the moment it was like, well, how long till I get back? Like from literally, like it was like, why is my leg numb? Oh, how quick till I can train again? <laughs> how quick? And that's how. And yeah. it meant so, so. That's really important, by the yeah. way, because thoughts can't. Your your body will react to your thoughts if they're yeah. strong enough. Mm -hmm. So even from the get go, you're already like. I'm going to be walking yesterday, like pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, you know, we can, we have two choices when it comes to getting injured. We can either be like, this is it like never again. Right. Or you can be like, how soon till I can get back? To, yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So yeah, four weeks I started walking. Um, I didn't tell my physical therapist until eight weeks that I'd already been walking. Oh my God. So and that's how quick you're already going on the process. It was supposed to be six months that I was, it was supposed to take me six months till I could even start training again. At four months, I did my first backflip. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. Yeah, we call so. them Wolverine because we have a soul flow chat. We call them Wolverine. I mean, yeah, I had, I had metal in my. Leg. You had metal in his. Still have metal in my. Two leg, months before, I was already training again. I remember watching the video and I was like, "What are you made of?" And mind you, all of my progression and everything was totally based off what my physical therapist recommendations and how quickly I was progressing. So I wasn't just doing it on my own reckless behavior. Right. Make you that very cannot clear. stress that enough right. to like do your research, talk to 
your doctor, your therapist, like they will tell you how soon you can do X. Right. Listen. But within that, if they, you know, when you're told a recovery time, they tell you the average recovery time for everyone from, right. you know, a complete non-athlete sedentary person right. who's maybe 40 years old. And you're, you're like, your average is going to be skewed. If you're, especially if you're young, you're an athlete, like you're going to heal faster if right. you eat well, like all these things. So that was basically my first thing. My first yeah. like major, major injury. And my second one was a year after I recovered from this one. And so I was doing a, I was practicing reverse flyaways or in like swing inward front flips. I don't know what you call them. I think it's. I say reverse flyaway. Hey Kobe, Kobe, what is it when you when you? Yeah, I say reverse flyaway. I say it like different in Europe. I don't know. They always have different names. Basically, swing backwards off a bar, front flip, land your feet. Uh, so I was working those, and I was working them onto a six inch mat. I was landing them pretty consistently. I took the mat out. I extended for the mat. The mat was not there anymore. So I was fully extended by the time I hit the ground. Knee hyper uh, hyper extended horribly. It snapped my ACL and also tore off part of the top of my tibia. And this was a year after I had recovered from my broken leg. And also the same leg. Uh, so how did so, you view that when it happened? So yeah, when that happened, it was actually, I, I knew it was bad because A, when you tear your ACL, when you tear any ligaments, if you even have a horrible sprain, you know, it's like that massive feeling of instability. Like everything's just like loose in the yeah. joint. It was really bad. It was like every step my knee would like partially hyperextend uh. on its own. Not fun. And so I actually waited about a month and a half because I um, was just like putting CBD and like wearing a compression sleeve like every day. The swelling went away. And I was like, okay, like maybe it's not serious. And then I went on this huge steep hike as you would. Oh my God. With a torn ACL. Are you serious? I yeah. forgot about this. Yes. Yeah, so I went on this hike and by the time I was done, my knee was like this big. What like, the fuck? Like completely full of fluid. And this was like six weeks after the initial injury. Happened. Oh my God. Yeah. So I hadn't gone to a doctor yet because I was, the swelling like went away. I was taking it easy. I was like, I just need rest. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so finally it was after re swelled back up. I was like, ah, crap. Like it's serious. And so I went to the, I went to the doctor, got an MRI and it was like the spot, like you're supposed to see your ligaments on an MRI. Right. And there was nothing, there was nothing there. It was just a dark space. Oh my God. So I was God. like, <laughs> the guy was like, yeah, that's where your ACL is supposed to be. Uh. It's not there anymore. And so I was like, oh my God. Cause I know, cause we've all had friends in high school that like, they got the giant braces. It's usually yeah. like a basketball player and you're like, what did you do? And they're like literally stiff walking for like the rest of the year. Right. And so you already have a good idea of like what ACL injuries are like, ligament injuries in general. Um, so I was like, oh shit. This was like the first time that I ever questioned the only time actually that I've ever questioned briefly. Like it was like a fleeting thought, like quitting parkour. Cause I was like, Oh my God, the recovery process is going to be terrible. Like I'm never going to be able to do twisting movements again. Um, but I got the surgery done. Um, the thing with ACL surgery is that you can start manipulating the joint immediately. You don't have to wait. So one of the main things, the only thing that your goal is for the first like four weeks is to get your heel to touch your butt again. And that's because when you first get it, like you literally have like this range of motion and you also can't extend your leg all the way. So your knee is basically perma stuck at like this angle for the first like few weeks. And so knowing going into the surgery, um, that that was my goal and that I could manipulate it, which made things actually a lot easier than the, um, well easier to start off at least than the broken leg is that we basically have this drill that you have to do where you just put a towel around your ankle and you try to pull your heel in. Really? And the only thing that stops you from pulling your heel in is pain. Because it feels like someone's tearing your knee apart. Right, okay. But you can do it. It's not like you're... It's not like you're going to mess up the anchor for the ligament. It's right. not like you're going to mess up the surgery. You can't. You literally cannot mess it up by doing that exercise. So I was like, all right, well, they 
prescribe you painkillers. I'm going to get my range of motion back by next week. So when you found out that that's what you had to do, you were like, I'm going to fucking do whatever it takes now. Yeah, right now. And so my goal for the first four weeks of physical therapy, which you start physical therapy two weeks after surgery. So first six weeks of injury is just to get that full range of motion back. Right. I had it back by the time I started physical therapy. What the two fuck? Weeks I was literally just sitting at home. So you're supposed to do it like two, three times a day. I was doing it like like eight to ten times a day because I, I mean i wasn't i wasn't working obviously no but you were <laughs> yeah so i was the same just, mentality from the break yeah yeah so i was basically just like they gave me painkillers like i'm gonna take them as prescribed right not overtake them and <laughs> be safe about it be responsible be safe about it i was icing my knee religiously not be like, a rapper as i was supposed to <laughs> and yeah i was just doing this towel drill just pulling my knee all the way in and letting it go all the way out and then also propping it up on something underneath my heel to get full extension um, and yeah, by the time I started physical therapy, I basically had full range of motion back. No shit. Which put me light years ahead. Extremely. Of, now, was it painful to do what you're doing? Excruciatingly painful, but it's safe. So you have a high pain tolerance. It's more like the, the, um, the mentality behind it. The want factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely the want factor, but like, because I'm such like, I'm, I just need to be like exercising. I have to, I have to do it. Like I literally go crazy. It was like, how quickly can I get back to doing this? Right. And so I'm telling you two weeks later, I had my range of motion back. I literally had like the full leg, like strap brace that keeps your leg locked. Two weeks after surgery was my first time back in 24 hour fitness working out upper body no way and i like couldn't i couldn't even li i couldn't um carry dumbbells from the rack to the to the uh bench because i like stiff leg yeah and also like it just hurt to like carry extra weight right of course so i was like uh basically just doing all machines um it's the biggest my upper body has ever been because <laughs> yeah. that's what you can focus yeah. on at the yeah, time yeah yeah i was i was like able to get up to like dumbbell pressing like 90s doing handstands <laughs> yeah and so actually it's funny you bring that up it was during this time um that i started practicing handstands because it's always been a goal of mine and this brings me to like another point is that when you get injured it gives you an opportunity to focus on all of your weaknesses we'll get we'll get to that in a second which, yeah, yeah i this, just want you to wrap up the yeah your stories of so okay so i'll just like speed ahead a little bit because that intertwines with topic two so basically it was supposed to be a nine month recovery process minimum four and a half months in was my first backflip again again what the fuck dude that is so, yeah, so four rad. and a half months in i wasn't able to actually fully train outside till like six months i had some issues with tendonitis that were like born out of kind of uh you know i was just pushing a little too hard here and there but yeah um yeah, so that's still insane, though. Yeah, Once again, I we were calling a Wolverine. I wasn't re-injuring myself. It was just you know there were some things that resulted from overtraining, which I wouldn't say that the overtraining is like what led to my quick like quick recovery. Um, I think that I did it the right way. It's just like once I exited physical therapy, I was like, I'm going to do all the workouts because that's how I'm going to get strong again. Which your body is like, please don't do all the workouts. I'm going to make you in pain forever. Right. So I had to like dial it back around like months, months, like six to eight, but I was still training. I just like, I was actually taking breaks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you're supposed to in all, yeah, in yeah. all training ever. Like you're never supposed to train. Like every I'm going to work out and train Yeah. like every single day. Like you're just not supposed to do that. So I was doing that. I just cannot believe how fast you recover. I mean, it, I honestly am thoroughly believe that it all starts with the way you perceive it when it happened. Like yeah, the totally way your the mind goes, I'm going to be good by next week. Like that's how, and those thoughts became so real that I, that I think your body just was like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's a choice. Like it's literally a choice. If you're going to be the person who's like, poor me, like this sucks. I'm never doing this again. Like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. That's, what, you're, that's you're exactly, making it to reality. that's exactly what's going to happen. So well, then let's get right into it, dude. Let's get right into what people need to take into account when an injury is present. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to open up the book. Um, I just want to, I don't, I don't know, I just want to place uh, a song that signifies we're going into this. All right, now we're here. <laughs> we didn't move. All right, so the first talking point that I have here um, that actually you, you know, you've advised me to write down. There's three top, there's three like sections to this, to the mental fortitude through injuries. 
Number one, the mental attitude post injury. So we're talking about battling injury, depression, making a plan, distractions. Go ahead and just speak on what all that means. What are you referring to when I say that? Yeah. So if you're anything like me or I feel like the average person, we all have something that we've wanted to work on for a while and just have neglected because we're better at other things. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty safe to say that you're average person is like that there's always something that like we wanted to do that's in the back of our mind that we just like we're better at something else and so we just focus that and then kind of neglect or don't seriously work on that other thing and my point there is that when i broke my leg it gave me an opportunity when i was doing physical therapy and i couldn't do much else to kind of like reassess where i wanted to be when i came out of it so mm -hmm. it was like a reset point i could either take the injury and you know rehabilitate and come out and kind of be like not exactly where i was because obviously i was going to have reduced power a little bit of reduced confidence but i wasn't going to have an opportunity to, or i wasn't going to strengthen these areas that i was weak in right if i didn't choose to do that and so when i was injured i was like all right what do i need to do um so i went on a diet i dropped 20 pounds i was the leanest i'd ever been and well, yeah, even probably now leaner than now, much leaner. Um, so I was in like, I came out of this broken leg with, I was in the best shape of my life after you, healed. after I healed, but like throughout the healing process, I was in the best shape of my life and the most flexible I've ever been. When you were recovering the leg, when I was recovering from my, from my leg injury, because it wasn't just an, it wasn't just a focus to just have my leg get better. It was an opportunity for me to take the time, my downtime, which I, you know, I was obviously not doing parkour, which I was doing beforehand, like four days a week right. at minimum for hours a day. And instead utilizing that time to focus on my weak areas. So the first thing that somebody needs to know is you need to completely switch perspectives. Number one, you're not going to do parkour for a while until you're healed. So get over it. Num it so now find something mm -hmm. else to distract yourself because if you sit in it, you'll be depressed. Yes, that was exactly where I was leading to is because the worst thing you can do when you're injured and you can't do anything, I mean, especially if you're anything like me, is you're just going to get massively depressed because you're not going to be able to do anything. Yeah, man. Um, me too. You're not going to be able That's to happened. work out. These are all things that literally like release endorphins in you that make you happy. Like it just, you literally, your body gives you happiness from exercising. Right. So by having that hole in your life, you can either drown in it or you can do something different and do something about that. Right. That makes sense. So my focus, instead of being like, I'm working out, I'm doing parkour every single day. It was like, I'm doing physical therapy. I'm eating right. I'm getting more flexible. So that's the first decision you have to do mentally. Yes. Is just find something else immediately that will take up your time that will actually progress you. So find some goals yeah. until you heal. Yes, absolutely. That's the first step. So literally making a plan, make a plan. Yeah. I mean, make a recovery plan, make a recovery well. plan. Listen to your doctor. Don't do anything reckless and stupid. Listen to your therapist. But like, do your research, go online, um, not WebMD, not Wikipedia, go and look at stuff. <laughs> My nose itches that you're going to die. <laughs> you're pregnant. Um, yeah. <laughs> like find like reputable sources that give you tips on like how to succeed. Look up foods that you can eat that are like anti-inflammatory. Like do yeah. these things. Like, these are all things that you can always improve upon. Like we always can. We always settle into routines that might not be the healthiest for us to use these opportunities as a way to be like, how can I come out of this? an even better athlete than going in. Wow. Interesting. That is a really, you know, it's funny though. Cause like you would have to hit that mentality immediately before it's too late because some people might fall into the hole. Yeah. And it's really, it's, it's hard to drag yourself out, but like you can do it. Like, yeah. Hello. Um, you know, it's not like if you don't start doing it immediately, like you're screwed. Right. Like just, just do it. Like you're already going to have, like, if you have a major injury, you're already going to have to go to physical therapy or just lots and lots of downtime. Right. Do something else. Like, right, <laughs> you exactly. know, do something, something that's else. fun for you. Like, or, or yeah, like you're saying, like maybe, uh, click the reset button on parts of your life that have been neglected. Yeah. It could be like, it could be something as simple as like, Oh, 
I always wanted to meditate. So now I have an extra couple hours a day that I would usually Boom. spend working out. That's a perfect example. Do that. Yeah. You know, work on your flexibility. If your leg is injured, work on your upper body, work on your stabilization, like work on your, your breathing, like do all these things that are highly beneficial to you as an athlete. Right. Or, you know, like just your average person, like find something that you enjoy that isn't like that will take your mind away from the injury in a healthy and productive manner. So the l l just to recap, number one, immediately do the reset button on your mentality, which is, okay, I'm injured. I'm not going to train for a while. That's okay. I'm going to mm -hmm. make a recovery plan, talk to my therapist, do my research. And then in the meantime, as I heal, I'm going to find things in my life that have either been neglected or things I've never wanted to, I've never been able to start and start them and then to complete those goals. Yes. And this, wow. And yeah, hundred percent. And like, just know that during your recovery process, it's going to hurt. Like things are going to suck. Like you're going to, you know, when I was first doing, um, the recovery for my leg, one of the active, like one of the exercises was literally just like using my toes and like pulling a towel towards me on the floor. So like scrunching my toes and pulling a towel. And it's like the, one of the hardest things I've ever done with a broken leg. Cause I had a, I mean, I have a plate right. like on my, uh, fibula, which right. is like really close to my ankle joint. Yeah. And so doing, you know, you had to pull it towards you. I had to pull it to the side and then the other side. Right. And it's like the most excruciatingly painful thing I've like ever done outside of tearing my ACL and stuff. But um, that's obviously that's, that that's a part of a daily routine that you created for recovery. Kinda yes. Like, I had yeah. the advice of my physical therapist and, I, right. and but what, like what I'm saying is, is you have these activities that are normally like thoughtless, super easy. There's like getting up, like standing up goes from being something you just do to like a chore. Like it's hard. Right. And you can look at that and be like, this sucks. It's terrible. Like I can't wait to get this over. And it's just like a poor me attitude. The victim or, mentality. Yeah. Or you can look at it and be like how many reps of whatever do I need to do to make this easier? Boom. Perfect. That was the best way it? to cap yeah. this. Yeah. It's like literally how much time and exercise in a productive way that isn't overtraining. Right. Of course. Uh, will I need to do to fix that, to fix that and, and move on. And it's every single thing, every facet of limitation that your injury gives you, what can you do to fix that? And obviously when you recap the injuries you've gone through, you clearly do that very well and people should listen uh all right so number two is the recovery process so this is diving more in detailed in terms of like more this the the sub thing we talked about number one which is making a plan this is mm -hmm. like blowing that up which is essentially at the advisor your physical therapist and doing research you essentially create a recovery plan that's a daily routine so for example to put it in layman terms for working out if you want to build up your chest you'll come up with a routine weekly that involves specific mm -hmm. exercises that work out your chest you basically just do that version of the recovery of whatever body part you need right exactly yep so the, the towel crunching mm -hmm. the the yeah i mean the, there's the, so the towel pulling those yeah, are all so many things yeah um i mean obviously like and you can't just focus on one area so if you're like uh, all I need to do is, you know, get my quad stronger or, you know, get my forearm, you know, stability better so I can heal my wrist, things like that. Like, don't just focus strength and don't just focus flexibility, focus both, like do mm -hmm. all the things because you're going to have the time. That's just right. like what it comes down to. Right. You can either be like, no, I just need to do this like once or twice a day. Like, no, like there's always something that you can be doing. Even, even your diet, like the way that you eat is going to heal you faster. Right. Um, when I tore my ACL, I immediately put myself on collagen supplements. Like I was like drinking protein powder and collagen every single day. And I, you know, I don't have the, the actual scientific data to be like it sped up or slowed down my process, but it helps, but it doesn't hurt. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's so for ligaments. It's yeah, literally just like, there's always something else that you could be doing that right. can speed you along. It sounds like you just found like several different things that geared towards that recovery process. So you're like, okay, food and supplements. Boom. I found out what I need to intake mm -hmm. Work, uh, workouts. Okay. I'm going to do three sets of 20 towel pulls, three sets of towel crunches, da, 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 da. Yep. and then you would do that. And that is basically making the recovery plan. Yes. And also if you think about it like that, all that time spent doing that stuff is the time that I would normally be spending doing my you know exercise or like working parkour, out or working out yeah like so you're filling that hole completely with productive things that you know 
keep you away from that post-injury depression, which is so easy to fall into. And not listening to the average recovery time that the doctors say. Right. Because clearly you are a living proof that you can speed that shit up if you put in the work. Absolutely. And, you know, if you put in the work the pain. safely. <laughs> Once again, I cannot stress this enough. You, you definitely <laughs> Please, can't. for the love of God, like, don't, yeah. don't listen to this podcast and go out and be like, well, Brandon said that, you know, I could do a backflip one month after I, you know, snap my femur. Yeah, no, that's don't, not please it. Don't, please don't do that. That is not it. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously point two was uh, easily gone over, but it's, it's, very, it's very simple. You just make, the recovery process is making a plan for yourself that involves the exercises that you need to do to recover that area plus supplements and food that help recovering it. So for example, if you need to build up some more calcium, you eat foods that have more calcium in it. Believe it or not, broccoli and stuff like that have more calcium. Mm -hmm. You know, just find every little area that you do in your life, but supplement it with something that immediately like directly goes towards the injury and you make a routine out of it. Just like how you make a routine out of bodybuilding or some shit like that, you know, just replace it with the recovery process. Um, the third point that you have here is, which I feel like is the best way to conclude this and the most important. And that mm -hmm. is mental perspective when resuming training. So we're talking about your mindset, um, on like when you're encountering fear again, when you're back to training and breaking the plateau, um, that you would, that you were kind of, that you're in while recovering and, and resuming. What is the approach for that? Yeah. So when, when you like injure yourself really bad, you're, and you start training again, you're going to have flashbacks. Like it's going to happen. You're going to be looking at a jump and your brain is just going to go like, well, what if you do it again? <laughs> like, right, right. Like what if you just, you know, the exact same injury happens and you, and you're like, you literally feel the pain of the original injury, like of the original injury. It, I would be shocked if that didn't happen to a vast majority of people because your brain is like trying to save you from future despair potentially. Right. Um, so when you have these things happen, a, if you've properly done step two, which is do everything in your ability to recover properly, you should already have the confidence that you are strong and healthy again. If you have failed to do step two, step three is going to be not impossible. Okay. You are not going to be able to have confidence if you are just completely lackadaisical about your recovery and you're not focusing mentally on being recovered and healed. You're obviously not going to have any sort of confidence when it comes to training again, unless like you're insane. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Just like there's just, like there's the just no videos. way. Yeah, exactly. Like if, if you've, if you know that you've done everything that you can and everything is proper and like you're back up to like at least 80% strength, you know, like you're going to be confident. Like that's just how it is. Right. But there is obviously going to be limitations. You're not going to be as strong or maybe as coordinated as you were before. So it kind of is just almost an exact re like repeat of step two. You can look at these things that you can no longer do the you're talking about jumps now training outside yes, yes, training, the gym. training outside training at the gym like yeah. just training in general exercising again you can either look at these things that you used to be able to do and go oh poor me again, like right. again or i'm never going to do it because i might hurt myself again you can either look at it like that and of course if you want to never do these things again and just focus on stuff that you feel comfortable with like that's okay you like you should just you should have fun in the stuff that you're doing but if you're like, I want to get back to this level, each thing you just have to maintain. And it's a choice. You either can dive into the hole right. and be like, I can't do this. Right. Or you just go back to the progressions. You know, I be okay with having to baby step, be, baby step yourself back up. That's the biggest thing is definitely being okay with it. And also, again, being coming out of an injury gives you time to while you're getting back up to speed with all of the, you know, moves or weights, whatever you're referring to that you used to be able to do gives you an opportunity to work on the things that you neglected when you were stronger and you were better at other stuff. So you neglected other areas. It's right. the exact same thing as, as like step or like, you know, creating a plan to recover. Yeah. You're creating the plan to resume resume. So you would say that the best mental advice for resuming is to forgive yourself and not pressure yourself to think that you have to get back to 70 miles per hour again. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, when I was first recovering, you know, I would look at, um, I used to love like big, like dive front flips from height. 
And after I broke my leg, I was like looking at that and I was like, oh my God. And I was, I was literally, and it's like onto like a, like a resi or grass or sand, like soft things. And I would like see that. And you know, it's, you'd have to probably try to do a diving front flip and snap your leg. Like the way that I did at least like, you'd probably have to like, be like, all right, I'm going to hit that (laughs) snap it. Right. Like pretty hard. Um, but no, I'd be like at the top of, you know, I used to train at uh, a Tempest Academy in, in LA all the time. And I'd be at like the top of it. I'd just like stare at the drop down to like the resi and I'd just be like, damn, like I want to do it again. But like the fear is, is really strong. So it's just taking it slow. You do a flip from ground and then work your way up. And it's just like you did when you originally learned it. Learn how to do anything. But just a little bit quicker, obviously. Yeah. And there's always going to be the fear. But the thing is about fear is, is if you progress through it and don't just like panic attack going trying to go from zero to a hundred it's just like the original fear of when you were first training i'm sure we all had some fear when you know we first learned how to flip and then like took that flip from height and then took that flip from higher yeah, like yeah. you know there's there's or always concrete. that fear yeah, yeah it's doing it's just pushing through that exact same thing um just again in a different context so so the way to tackle fear in this connotation which is resuming from is recovering from an injury and resuming training is to like we said, forgive yourself and be okay with baby stepping it, but basically just taking the, cause we, we had an episode about fear with Raul mm-hmm. and that was more so about approaching challenges already as like a healthy athlete. This is different type of fear. This is like doubt. This is like, yeah, this is doubt. And this is getting back to where you were. This isn't, this isn't necessarily a progression type of podcast. You know, like we're not talking about like once you get, back to where you were and moving forward. Yeah, we're we, talking about like getting back to like exactly where you were as a more well-rounded athlete. Right. That's kind of like the goal here is every time you're injured, consider it a time that you can work on your weaknesses and come back to your original 100 better than before. I, that should right. be the goal of every single injury. You're not always going to get there. That's just life. You know, my left leg is still weaker um in some aspects than it was before but i would consider myself a more well-rounded athlete um than i used to be also there's very 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 few athletes out there that can say that they recovered from something like that that quickly yeah and i mean a lot of you know the training of where i'm at right now isn't a product of like the injuries it's just you know cyclical laziness here and there and now reverting back to the doubt about breaking the plateau right Mm-hmm. We're talking about getting back to where you were, your better version of a hundred. Um, how can you just real quick recap about uh, attacking the doubt? Yeah, yeah. So um, this is very similar to weightlifting. If you ever hear about someone plateauing, what's the first piece of advice someone gives you if you're plateauing? Weightlifting. You know, go heavier, right? No, I don't. Remember. I don't. I've never. <laughs> no, do something different. Oh, is that what they say? Let's do something Dude, different. I've always been weightlifting by myself. I only went to CrossFit for two years. In CrossFit, they were like, like do it better and do it heavier. And I had a- and do I more ha- reps. No, Brandon, I had a 65-year-old dentist named oh Doc call me Mary because I wasn't deadlifting as heavy as him. Oh, my God. Come on, Mary. Pick up the bar, Mary. He talked like that like he was from New Jesus. York. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have any advice from weightlifting. Yeah, so, so go ahead and enlighten me. Okay, so <laughs> for Tyler as well, uh, <laughs> if you are weightlifting or working out or exercising and you have reached a plateau and you cannot progress fast or past that, the number one piece of advice that you'll hear from most people in the this world the, the is do something different. Okay. So for me... I was really struggling due to, you know, pain and uh, strength levels. I couldn't do a lot of high impact things. And so that means I was limited to using like the wood course in the gym. You know, I was not training outside at this time because just safety. Um, I was doing a lot of fl- ground based, you know, flips or jumps. Um, so what I did is I just like went on the trampoline. And okay, this is something right. that was like low impact. And I literally just like trained on a trampoline, like, uh, oh God, like the majority of every single like gym session at Tempest. And it's something that I never really like worked on before. Like I had like, I would use trampoline like warm up and like, that was it. Um, and doing something like that, focusing a different area that I was weaker with. Like mm-hmm. I came out with the most air awareness I've ever had in my life. Uh, uh yep. So much, uh, like ridiculous air awareness 
in comparison to where I had been before. And that's what led me. It was literally that end of that year that I threw my first um, double front flip off one of the lifeguard towers in, in Santa Monica. Yeah, it's on our Instagram feed. Yeah. It's on Social Movement's Instagram um, feed. And so it was because of the training, training the weakness. Right from my broken leg that led me to ha have the comfortability and air awareness to then do that, which was like one of the craziest things I've done in my whole, whole parkour career. So that plateau doubt it me, it, the way to tackle it is to do something different, do something else, because actually after, after a while of doing something else, you'll find yourself coming back to the things that you're doing before and you'll break that plateau. And you'll likely be better because when you're in your head about doing something and that you just like, you're struggling to get through, it's the same thing as like, if you're trying to train a flip and you keep fall, you keep failing, you keep failing, you keep failing, and each time your technique is just not really changing, you're supposed to go away from it and you're supposed to do something else and come back to it. And you'll likely be better than you were before, not just because you've somehow magically like gotten better technique, but you're not in your head like you right. were when you were attempting it a million times over. And this goes not just for when you're injured, but for everything. Like if you're failing at something, I like, oh my God, I cannot, I just keep repeating myself come back to it. It's okay. You can leave it and come back to it. It's still going to be there. And you'll find yourself actually probably more motivated. Yeah. And more well-rounded than you were before. That's the main thing is that like going into these injuries, the goal is to come out better. That's it. Well, I like, I like what you said before though, come out better, come out a better version of your 100%. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So you're just moving up that bar, that bar that used to be your hundred was here. The goal is to come out and have it here. Right. Your, yep. your, your, your new seven was your old 10. Exactly. That's pretty yep. dope. Um, now is there anything that you would like to just put out right now to someone listening or watching that is currently injured? Yeah. I mean, look at where you are right now. It sucks. That's how it is. You know, like you're not going to get better immediately. You're going to have to work for it. Figure out what you, a, what you like to do. You know, I mean, it's important that you have things that are taking up some of your time that aren't just all recovery based. You know, you still want to be doing stuff that's fun for you, but isn't necessarily like a chore. Um, but make your recovery process like your new routine. Just do that. Like instead of, you know, you wake up in the morning, you go to the gym, you wake up in the morning, you stretch, you wake up in the morning, you stretch and meditate and maybe do some recovery exercises, like fill the holes that were left because of your injury with productive things, things that you enjoy and make you happy. And it's funny because like I learned that you can be in immense amount of pain and still enjoy the thing that you're doing <laughs> because it's leading you to a greater goal that is going to make you better and happier in the future. Right. So, you know, trying to you're feeling like my knee is going to tear in half is it's a, it's a, it's not a, chore where it's like poor me it's like this is gonna make me better in right, the future. Right. so suck it the fuck up yeah like i'm in pain but you know you have those small victories where it's like instead of my knee being like at this angle it's like at this angle you know right it's, and you see that in everything and you know you're usually in physical therapy if you if you're doing physical therapy you usually do it like two three times a week three times a week max for like heavy injuries you know, each time you go in, you want to be able to do like five pounds heavier on something or something a little bit better. Right, right. Have the goal, have those micro goals every single week. You know, you want to have the overarching goal is recover faster. Right. But, you know, break it down. Be like, I want to try and increase my range of motion or my weight or something by 5% every single time. And what type or, of, what type of like mental mantra should they give themselves to let them know that they can do this? Yeah. Um, God, a mental mantra. I'm like, you know, like we got a slogan. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, bigger is better. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, just remember that every single thing that you're doing is going to, you're going to look back and be like, damn, I'm glad I did that. Like every single thing, whether it's eating better, meditating, um, stretching, you know, these are all exercise related, but these all can be applied into anything. You know, if you're not, if you're listening to this and you're not really an athlete, like, you know, pick up a hobby you never wanted, you never like had time to do before. Right. You know, wow. um, yeah. You know, re read a book. Like, I, I don't know, do something that makes you happy. Like, and you're only going to feel better about it in the future. And 
not only that, you're going to be not in the pit of despair from being injured. Right. Just make sure to stay motivated within your recovery routine mm -hmm. process because it'll work and just tell yourself like, I'm going to make it and it's going to be fine. Yep. Um, that was fucking sick, dude. If you were going to get good shit out of that, let's uh, end it with uh, homeboy. We'll call him over. All right. Bowie. All right. He's no, asleep. He, he, no, he, he, he turned his head. Bowie. <sighs> Bowie is Brandon's dog. This is Madoge. This is his doge. What's his breed? Oh, away from the mic. He's oh, <laughs> big stretch, big stretchies. This is an Australian Shepherd. His name is Bowie. Say He's hello. sniffing the mic. <laughs> and yes, this oh. is my strange fluffy dog. Bowie, what do you have to say? Nothing. Or so, <laughs> if anybody wants any personal advice, more tips, anything like that about this topic, just go ahead and DM uh, Brandon on Instagram at brod.soflow um, and he'll be more than happy to help you out. Uh, each member of Soulful Movement is more than help, uh, happy to help, helpy. Happy helper? Hamburger helper? Anyway, <laughs> we're more than happy to help you with any type of tips from previous podcasts that you've heard of us. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to call it that. I think we've pretty much got everything. It's getting gloomy in here. It's raining right now. But I think we got everything uh, we wanted to put in there in terms of like yeah. a pretty structured process on how to get, get through this. Yeah, if I talk anymore, it's just going to be the same thing. Different ways. Yeah, we've, we've got it all down. Yeah. So um, I hope you guys got a lot out of it. Uh, you know, if you, like I said, if you're going through this, you know, just listen to this again, you know, and apply it because you can do it. If you have that victim mentality right now, stop it and change it because <laughs> you just heard exactly what Homeboy's been through. Okay. And it's a lot. And he can fucking do it, so can you. All right, Rebels, that's all for today's task. So know when the next one is. Check your at Rebel Updates on Instagram. Spread the word of the hideout to others who you think can join this movement by sharing this any way you can. Show your host some love by liking, commenting, and rating this. And to show some extra love, write a fucking review. If you guys get lost along the way, don't hesitate to email us with questions or nudes at the hideout at SoFloMVMNT.com. Check out SoFloMVMNT.com for merch or more. 14T is available now. we still got a very few select sizes left, so get them now. Plus, follow our other profiles here. To stay up to date with whatever we are doing, we're Rebels of the Cause, signing off. Transmission complete. That is all today, Rebels. Report back to the hideout next week for your new task. Over and out. It's okay.